Welcome to Growing with Fishes, episode 249. Uh, this week we have uh, this super awesome chef that I had a chance to meet in Austin, and then we really reconnected again in Dallas, uh, Michael Weinstein of Rebel Dreads. Thanks for coming and joining us today. You're welcome, man. Thank you for having me. Good to meet you. Finally, the, at the Lucky Leaf shows. Oh, yeah. Right. Sorry I didn't get to hear you speak. I was doing demos, so. That's all right. A lot of the speakers, we always have that problem. <laughs> right, right. Saw you walking around. <laughs> we've had a chance. We've had a, uh, yeah, we're the only two people that, that actually have waist like dreads there. It's kind of yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think so. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he is a wonderful. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, had a fat dab right before the show. We were, uh, talking about Frenchie. Um, anyways, uh, uh, he has a really, really wonderful um, uh, different demos for people on how to cook at home. He does a bunch of awesome uh, CBD products and uh, he's gonna talk to us about uh, a whole bunch of different uh, uh, cooking stuff today. I'm super stoked on that. We also have Fumador joining us. Thanks, buddy. Uh, cheers, dude. I'm trying to figure out my audio and I'm apparently not good at it because it's like still playing out of the computer. But uh, anyway, cheers, guys. Um, I'm really proud to say that I finally put together Fumadoro.com, FumadoroSeedCo.com. Uh, go check it. Check out my seeds. Go take a look. Uh, feel free to buy some if you'd like. Uh, you don't have to. You can tell me what you uh, like or dislike about the website, but I would honestly really enjoy it if you guys uh, did uh, take a look at those seeds. Other than that, happy to hang. Cheers, Steve. Cheers, uh, cheers Michael. Great to, to be here. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you, man. Awesome. And uh, Marty will be joining us here, I think, in a little bit. Um, for him, especially doing the later show, it's a little easier, but he might not be with us right when he launches the show. Um, uh, we'll do one quick plug here. Um, thanks, everybody, uh, for uh, joining us earlier. I have a whole super cut I did of Frenchie and all of the different, basically, content that he did with us on the show out of it as a little memorial for him uh, it's i edited it all together today and it came out to 40 or four hours 20 minutes and 45 seconds so if that isn't a sign from frenchy i don't know what the fuck is uh, i that just put a huge smile on my face when i woke up to that and it showed me that how long the file was when it finished rendering that this morning i just i made my whole day so um, uh, you guys can check that out if you want to hear all the awesome content he ever did with us. Um, uh, he definitely drops a ton of knowledge. Um, also, check us out over at uh, APMJClass.com uh, if you guys are looking for a top to bottom uh, aquaponic cannabis class. Um, we cover everything from home to commercial. And we have two live sessions each month. And we have constantly uh, adding new sections. Uh, to the class, we have uh, a new section on how to build a greenhouse from scratch using a mill and milling your own logs and a whole bunch of other cool stuff that's geared more towards homesteading uh, and, uh, you know, farmer producers uh, on a, a more of a craft scale. So uh, I think you guys are really going to like some of the newer content that we've been doing. And then we also have some cool content that we'll be doing next week in Georgia at one of the uh, legal hemp uh, CBD grows out there that we've been working on. It's, it's quite nice. So uh, we'll be there checking that out next week. All right, thanks, uh, Michael. Um, let me pull up your website here. Uh, sure. Had it uh, 
pulled up. But um, thanks a lot for joining us. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and uh, and what Rebel, Rebel Dreads is all about? Well, name is Michael Weinstein, aka Dreadhead Chef. So I've got a uh, company called Rebel Dreads Corp. So it's sort of a that's the the parent company, and then there's other brands under Rebel Dreads. One's called Dreadhead Chef, as you can see in the screensaver there. And I've got a Bada Wellness, which is a topicals and intimacy serum. And then I've got a Harper's Pet Elixir, which is my pet products. Actually, it was named after my bull mastiff, who was my first real guinea pig in the uh, the CBD world. Um, he was seven. He was diagnosed with arthritis in both of his back legs, and uh, at that point, started giving him uh, some CBD, and he lived to ten and a half, which is uh, pretty good for a big dog like a bull mastiff. So my background is I am a French-trained chef. So I've been in the Dallas scene oh, for over 20 plus years, worked at some really nice restaurants in Dallas and um, sort of uh, got burned out in the restaurant scene. And uh, you can see the, the salsa that just passed by. So I started a company years ago called Dreadhead Chef and um, had uh, the salsas and some chips, so dessert chips or cinnamon and chocolate dusted chips that went with the salsa, all fruit based, so all sweet, no heat. And, um, you know, did pretty good with it. Took it on the road to some cannabis cups, um, Colorado, California, Washington. And, um, you know, at that point I was like, God, how can I infuse this? So I've always wanted to infuse a, a food. So uh, me living in Texas, trying to do stuff out West, uh, unless I move out West, uh, was going to be really difficult. So once the uh, farm bill passed, kind of opened things up a little bit. So I've now uh, did about two and a half years, uh, two, two and a half years of research on how to infuse the salsa because uh, oil and water do not mix. So um, finally figured that out and I've uh, got these little caramels uh, that I've been making. So these little salted caramels, get them a little tube here. Um, that's sort of my, my new mainstay. So um, the caramels I use actually the biomass in it. So you get the sweetness and the earthiness uh, of, of the caramel. So it's just a real nice, fits, go, goes really nice on your palate. So, uh, but everything I've done, I pretty much make myself. So I've done all the formulations myself and everything. So a lot of work, um, definitely more enjoyable than the hustle and bustle of the, the restaurant life. So, but um, been luckily uh, able to do some demos for Lucky Leaf. And so my whole thing with it is to show people how to infuse um, at home and do it pretty simply without a lot of complications like, you know, getting nitrogen out and showing a demo. Most home cooks can't do that. So, you know, trying to show how a home cook, how to actually they can make a, a meal or do a dish that's infused and, you know, they can follow the recipe or sort of do what they want to do with it. So that's sort of what I'm trying to do is, um, you know, give people the opportunity at home to uh, make something um, something delicious at their house. So either with uh, CBD or with uh, THC, you know, however they, wherever you live, you can do whatever you want. So, but yeah, it's great to be on your podcast and Stephen, thank you for having me. Awesome. Um, what were some of the early challenges that you uh, ran into as far as um, trying to 
to break into the cannabis market as a chef and try to like wrapping your head around that, you know, with chefs, you're used to dealing with a lot of regulatory stuff with food safety and dealing with inspectors and stuff like that. I would imagine that was kind of a, maybe gave you a leg up on a lot of the other people uh, that are, that are doing this uh, because a lot of people aren't used to dealing with that. Um, so do you want to talk about maybe some of the different things that maybe were kind of a, a learning or interesting thing that you learned coming into the cannabis side of stuff that maybe you were not aware of, or maybe it was a, a little bit different? Sure. Well, first of all, I, you know, since I had Dreadhead Chef uh, already, the salsa and the chips, when I developed those and have in stores, you know, I had to go through all the regulation process of what's a shelf life, how long does it go last in a jar? So since I already had a little bit of that knowledge, that made things a little bit easier. Um, the hardest part really was getting the formulation of how not to make it too strong or how to make it at the right level that you're looking for in milligrams. Um, and then the other aspect when you're trying to sell edibles um, or anything was the banking, the financial and everything. And, um, you know, making sure you're, you're, you know, your I's are dotted, your T's are crossed, you know, by getting a lawyer and everything. So fortunately I had a little bit of the knowledge, um, like I said, from already putting a product into a jar and, you know, knowing my shelf life and, um, you know, the, the pH balance, you know, the water level, the water activity uh, in the products on how they can stay uh, in your product and not turn bad without preservatives adding. Um, I had zero preservatives to my products, so which is pretty unusual uh, nowadays. And uh, I guess the, uh, the other, the hardest part, I guess, with um, doing stuff with, you know, hemp or, you know, I guess legal stage THC is, some the taste, especially with the distillate, the full spectrum oils, um, they just a lot of them just don't taste good. So how to have that in the back uh, when you taste something, how to have the flavor of what you're tasting up front and sort of that medicine taste in the very, very back end at the last minute um, was really a, a pretty difficult challenge. So, you know, I, I got a little assistance from a scientist to help me out with that. Um, especially since I was developing an intimacy serum. So, uh, and I wanted it flavored for fun. Um, so, but yeah, um, th those were some of the really, the challenges and it's not easy. I mean, I can tell anyone it, it's not easy. I mean, how to infuse it, you know, you know, you're in California originally. So, you know, the, you're definitely the, uh, a lot more stuff was going on out there than Texas and sort of, you know, researching, you know, for me, it was researching, um, you know, looking at a book here and there, really looking online a lot to see, you know, what people were doing, how they were infusing stuff, how long the time was, you know, uh, how to decarb, uh, you know, never heard of that word until like, you know, six years ago, I think. Uh, so, uh, you know, all, all those little things are, you know, you, you gotta do your research. I mean, that, that's what it's about than just test at home. And see what you see what you can do. I mean, you can't make something without testing it. And you know, if you're not sure uh, what you're doing, you've got to go get it tested. Um, you know, th there's labs around that can do either food safety for you, and now there's labs in Texas. You know, they can do your your potency testing as well. So um, those were a lot of the challenges I actually had. And just you know, and then uh, yeah, I guess the other one is you know, if you're trying to make a product, well. Can you make it yourself or can you should have it outsourced? Well, a lot of companies that want you to, to co-pack for you, 
well, they want thousands of units for you to make. So that might be an over-exaggeration, but you know, talking about cases upon cases. So unless you've got that money to do that, or then you know, you have to make it yourself. So hopefully that answers some of the questions there for you. Oh yeah, as, as someone that also makes edibles up, well, uh, up in Oklahoma, um, you know, getting, figuring out how to streamline going from, you know, a lot of people are really good at making batches or even large batches of food, right? But there's a whole other craft to breaking all that down into units that are the same weight or the same dosage, right? And packaging all that evenly. And, and that takes a whole bunch of other research and packaging equipment and labeling stuff and all that stuff. And that really can, uh, um, you know, be a uh, a challenge and if anyone ever is running into a big uh, issue with that i cannot recommend enough because he's helped myself and a whole slew of my different clients uh jeremy from uh, adler packaging uh in maryland um, we actually had a whole episode uh with jeremy where he, uh, he went through all the different child safety stuff that exists and all the different packaging methods and all the different funky stuff for for food safety for for mass manufacture and it was just it was kind of neat on and of itself just from like a mechanical like you know looking at all these different things right right like, i mean for the salsa you know it's uh for me to when i was doing it written you know and like i said when i developed it you know i was like well how do i get into a jar um you know to keep it safe um so you know you i learned about canning real quick you know, in, in the restaurant business, I mean, we do it, but we do it a different way. So we're not sitting there because we're not to do volume of something. We're only making something for, you know, like less than seven days. But how to really get into a jar and make sure it stays fresh and safe. So, I mean, I learned a lot in the very beginning. And this was before, you know, doing it infusing. Um, so, which, you know, that really has helped me, you know, like I said, perpetuate me into this business and to learn more. And so... You know, safety is key. And, uh, you know, that's my number one thing is, you know, making sure it's done properly, making sure it's done safe. So, you know, don't want, I certainly do not want anybody getting sick on the product I make. Um, and so I guess the other, the other thing is, you know, obviously with the packaging, uh, what you have to have on your package um, for labeling and everything, uh, you just can't say, oh, it's this. And you have to have all your warnings on there and uh, everything. So, um, even my dog products I'm making right now with Harper's Pet Elixir, I still put a child resistant top on there just so a kid can't get into it. Um, you know, uh, certainly don't want a kid drinking a whole uh, one ounce vial of full spectrum oil. So, uh, you know, safety is my key and doing everything in a safe and sanitary method um, is, is definitely it's, it's super important. It's like one of the most important things. Um, as I said, if somebody gets sick, you know, that's not the news you want to have. <laughs> At least, the, you know, and the nice thing, too, is the worst thing that would happen even in a, in a worst case scenario is someone ate an ounce of vegetable oil or, or plant based oil. So they got to go sit in the bathroom for a couple hours because it's running through them, you know. It's right, 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 <laughs> right. I mean, it's not gonna, it's not going to hurt you, that's for sure. But uh, you but, know. Uh, uh, but you know that's that's the that's the thing I always liked about with the tinctures and the oils and stuff like that is they're you know even in a worst case scenario just a trip to the bathroom it ain't, it ain't no big deal you know what I mean it's, <laughs> but even then like that doesn't even really happen you know once in a blue moon someone someone uh, uh, you know I really don't have any issues or hear many people have issues with with the oils uh, uh, with any type of, of cannabis oil really 
I, I haven't heard it. Um, I haven't had anybody tell me they've, they've had any uh, issues so far. I mean, everybody pretty much, you know, I think, you know, especially the tinctures, if I tell them, you know, you got to figure it out yourself, you know, what your dose is, what works for you. They, they really do listen. Um, I, I'm sure up in you know, Oklahoma or the legal city, you know, when people say, you know, only eat a little piece of that chocolate bar, you don't need the whole thing. And then like, oh, I don't feel anything in 10 minutes. Next thing they eat the whole chocolate bar, you know, or whatever, then um, they're very unhappy after that, uh, especially two hours later. <laughs> I had a, I had a boss of mine that was just getting into cannabis and I bought her a big chocolate bar and she took one and texted me and told me she took one and she had that same exact thing 30 minutes later she wasn't feeling anything yet because and you know, she had eaten some food and stuff and then i get a call like two hours later like panicked like <laughs> high as shit like, i ate the whole bar what do i do <laughs> you need some cbd some peppercorn a little mint hash you'll be all right that's right. That's right. That's all you got to do. It's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, those are really the best things. The best thing you can take to counteract super high THC. Uh, that's a great topic is, uh, is CBD straight up. You know, if you have some CBDs that you can dab, that's even the best. Get it directly into the bloodstream that right, way. Right. Right. Or a tincture, like some of the tinctures that you have. That's another great one. Yeah. I got my little tinctures um, here. Well, my tinctures are based up, named after desserts, by the way, and there's no sugar added. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> The, uh, um, uh, and then uh, peppercorn is historically shown to, to reduce um, how high people are. And then uh, mint hash. So you can use bubble hash bags like you would for cannabis uh, on mint. And you can actually get a nice hash, uh, like a trichome head hash off of that that's mint. And it's wonderful for flavoring candies, ice creams, desserts. Um, but you can put it under your tongue if you get too high. And it'll also help reduce uh, how high you are. Interesting. So, that's, that's a good one there. It'll taste good too. Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> essence of mint, you know, it's, it's really good. Right, right, right. <laughs> so what, um, what are, you have a, a, tell us a little bit about the demo that you, you teach for, or put on for people. Uh, you you kind of have a, you kind of show people how to do a different, couple of different ways to, to do it at home. I thought that was a really cool, uh, I've caught two different chunks of your, your demo, uh, I think they overlap there in the middle, but uh, uh, if not, I'll have to sit through it beginning to end here on the next one. Right, you can critique me next time. Uh, so no, I mean, you know, that um, really it's, you know, it's about, uh, you know, a lot of people probably at home don't know about, you know, how to decarb or anything or decarboxylate, which is, you know, as we know, taking CBDA or THCA and you, you, you cook it or, you know, in the oven or as now Stephen showed me, you know, a sous vide method as well, or, a um, couple of ways to decarbonate the plant material to turn that that A into and activate the the plant material, the biomass into THC or CBD. So um, that's what the first thing I teach them, and um, then I basically will take that uh, once it's decarbed on you know either put that in a, a fat. And so the last couple of demos I've done, I've made a uh, I put into an oil. One was an extra virgin olive oil, which I turned green. Uh, fortunately. Uh, um, and fortunately, unfortunately, uh, Chef Sebastian, who's up in Oregon, I can't travel anymore. But when he came to the Austin show, he brought me some fresh hemp leaves. So I started using his hemp leaves to make the oil green. So um, just a little little trick, you know, why not sort of thing, since I know how to do it. Um, and that really, to me, is a finishing oil. You know, it's not you take a, 
an extra virgin olive and you're going to saute with it, uh, you'll burn everything out, uh, including the olive oil. So especially I use hot pans when I sear and saute. So I would definitely burn everything out. But um, yeah, that's, that's, for me, it's, you know, it's taking that, you know, taking the oil and make it sort of a finishing oil for your infusion. Um, so the dish I did in Austin was a uh, rainbow, roasted rainbow carrots with a beet hummus and um, some toasted pine nuts, cumin scented hemp seeds, and, uh, and a infused gremolata. Gremolata is a uh, sort of an Italian topping that they use. It's usually with Italian fat leaf parsley, uh, garlic and lemon zest and extra virgin olive oil, which that's what I infuse. So that way you can kind of control your dose that way once you know how much is in your oil. So, you know, you don't have to go too heavy or if you want to go heavier, you can go heavier. And then uh, the dish that I did in Dallas, which I won't do in Oklahoma since it says Texas on it, uh, it was a Texas caviar with a friend of mine's tomatoes and the infusion part came in a vinaigrette. So I did a roasted jalapeno bacon vinaigrette and again, I use a canola oil there, uh, which is a very neutral oil. I like to use neutral oils when I'm doing vinaigrettes, um, just because extra virgin could be too strong. And so, um, you know, I, I infuse that oil first and just make the vinaigrette. And once again, once you find out how much is your, how many milligrams is in your oil, you know how much vinaigrette you can use. So you can go once again, heavy or light. So yeah, it's really about just teaching, showing people how they can make something besides brownies and cookies which, uh, you know, pretty much everyone can do, um, you know, how they can actually do uh, hors d'oeuvres or, or something. So actually in Oklahoma, uh, at Oklahoma City, what I'm doing is a cumin lime scented portobello tostada with guacamole, black beans, goat cheese, and then a infused roasted garlic serrano oil. So I was actually thinking about football and uh, what might be a good football dish uh, coming up. Uh, since football season about to start uh, when we're in Oklahoma. So, uh, but yeah, that's why I'm just trying to teach the people something simple, something kind of easy. And, uh, you know, you know, hopefully they can extrapolate from what I teach them. And then, um, you know, they can take that recipe and do whatever they want with it after that point. You know, I give a, a recipe to me is like a base um, and gives them sort of some an idea of what they could possibly do. Um, you know, if you're not too creative and don't know, just follow the recipe. If you're feel like adventuring from that recipe or deviating from the recipe, go for it. I mean, I just make it and then uh, share it with other people. So, um, you know, that's, that's what I'm trying to do is just, it's like just make something fun, a little bit different and uh, keep it pretty simple for the, the people wanting to make it at home. Um, a lot of people have uh, uh, kind of know about um, butter and oils and things like that, but is there anything that you would recommend people steer clear of if they're newer to cannabis infusions? Maybe something that's kind of more complicated than the nitrogen people <laughs> think it initially uh, is. They uh, don't 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 infuse if you're uh, at home. Uh, you can infuse with Everclear, but do do not do it inside. Um, especially if you reduce it, if you're using anything with Everclear, which is a really good way of uh, uh, extracting. Uh, if you're going to do any reducing of it, uh, you're going to have to do it outside. So uh, do not do that in your house unless it's extremely well ventilated because uh, it, it will blow, if you, especially if you're cooking on gas, uh, which I do, um, it, it will blow up. So uh, pretty much anything like that, I would, yeah, I, I would stay away from. I just think, uh, you know, for most people using the oils, um, you know, extra virgin olive oil, any of the oils or, or butter is, the, is sort of the easiest way. And, you know, 
I think a lot of people get, you know, how can I do it? Or, uh, you know, what can I use to infuse with? And there's lots of methods. I, I showed people how to use a, you know, just simple crock pot and you put in a vacuum bag and you can do it that way. It doesn't smell, or you can do it on the stovetop, which will smell. Um, Texas, you have to worry about that more than legal states. Um, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, there's, you know, for me, the stovetop method is my least favorite because it can burn. Um, I prefer, prefer, you know, the, uh, the slow cook or the, in the water bath, the sous vide, or if you don't have a sous vide machine, you can just use a crock pot. Um, it's, it's just, it's so much easier that way. Um, and you can actually you know, like leave the house at that point in time if you wanted to. So, but yeah, um, usually oils, oils and butters are definitely the easiest way. Um, you know, and, uh, coconut oil is actually the best way to, uh, um, extract, uh, and, and actually butter. So those are the two best. Oh, we had a question from chat. Um, is Everclear preferred over other alcohols? Um, is there like a, a polarity ratio that, that you're looking for as far as like, um, water to alcohol, if you're doing an extract there, like I know some things that's important. Is that important for cannabis? That's something I've never had a chance to ask someone like, uh, like yourself that actually might actually know the answer to that. Well, I mean, um, well, I mean, Everclear is just really strong. So, um, as we all know, um, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the pulling of the, the, you know, the THC or the CBD out of it, uh, it's, it's extremely effective. Um, but it's also, you know, you, you do get that nasty taste. I mean, you can let, you know, decarb uh, THC or CBD sit in vodka or, you know, or whiskey, but anytime you're going to go and sort of want to reduce that, uh, you're still just because of the fumes, uh, you, you're just got to do an extremely well ventilated area. Um, if you don't want to reduce, you, you could, you know, infuse your whiskey and take some shots. Uh, <laughs> sure, it's she'll be a great way of, uh, of getting here, you could even use rum. I mean, so anything with a higher proof content, um, actually, uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely, we'll do the trick on uh, pulling everything out. You know, you just have to let sit. Um, you know, some people let stuff sit in Everclear for like three weeks, so in the fridge. Uh, it's not gonna solidify, it's not gonna evaporate. And then you just have to strain it really well. I like to, I like to use a press. Um, I don't even use cheesecloth. Um, I just use a really fine mesh strainer and just press it. Um, you know, or you can use bubble bags if you got that as well. So with the micron, the fine microns, if you don't want any sediment in there. So all those work really well. Uh, Cheesecloth is my least favorite because uh, it absorbs a lot of uh, fat or liquid. And it also can uh, get holes in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what was I going to say on the... Oh, so um, I found there. Uh, we used to make green dragon and stuff like that. But the, the best, if you are going to cook with alcohol, excuse me, uh, it's been a crazy day. If you are going to cook with alcohol, um, I highly suggest using a double boiler. Um, getting some distance between your heat source and alcohol is always a good thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then also having that level of temperature control uh, uh, helps out quite a bit. But if you are using alcohol, make sure you're out, you know, preferably outside or, or in an extremely well ventilated area because you can very much uh, make a dangerous situation if you don't. Right. I mean, like in like regular cooking on fusing when I'm making like, we'll just, uh, you know, like a brandy peppercorn sauce, um, you know, that goes on a steak or something. So what I would typically do is have peppercorns 
um, shallots, sweat it, uh, or, or lightly uh, cook in some fat, you know, just like butter. And um, to get the flavor, then uh, drop the brandy in there. And I'm sure you've seen where it catches on fire. But I mean, I'm not using like a whole bottle. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, a cup worth. So it's not going to, at that point, you're okay. But once you start using like a fifth of alcohol or something, take it outside. Yep, 100%. For sure. Not to mention, too, if you if you do cook it down in alcohol, like your entire neighborhood is going to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the visualization that you get with alcohol makes it loud as, you know, fuck. So you want to make sure that you you definitely uh, are in a space where that's not going to become an issue for you. Um, right. For that. right, 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 right. Yeah, so I was going to work on it. I was almost thinking about making something with... Uh, Taking to Oklahoma City for the demo was steak and a, a maitre d' butter. But then I was like, eh, um, taking proteins to the demo is actually more difficult, um, especially we're indoors and I really just can't bust the grill out uh, at the convention center. Uh, they would not find that too cool. So, uh, but yeah, maitre d' butter is just a typical butter that you put on steak, uh, which has uh, usually parsley, some thyme, some fresh garlic, some lemon zest. Uh, can have some anchovy in there, um, some capers sometimes, some shallots. So, but it would be kind of cool to make one, you know, an infused one to put on your your steak, and it'd be done very easily. Just you know, infuse your infuse your butter, and you, know, you can also use some fresh or not some, or you can use some just regular old uh, flour, chop it up, and add that like your parsley, not even decarb it because your uh, your your butter's already the infused part. So just just give a little flavor, especially if that. Uh, Plant material has a really nice terpene profile as well. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> There's your maitre d' butter. That looks really good. So, yeah, when you make it, you just have to get the butter loose. And then uh, usually we uh, put it in a mixer, mix it really well, and then uh, put on some parchment paper and put it in rolls and you stick it in the freezer. So really good on steak, scallops. Um, you can put it on shrimp as well. So lots of tasty things you can do with that. Maybe I will make one. I can send you the recipe. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> the uh, uh, there you go. There's the there's the tide method. Yeah, that works really well. That's super awesome. Thank you. Um, one uh, <laughs> yeah, Fumi's uh. Fumi's, uh, I think he, I'm learning stuff from Fumi now on the, on the stuff, <laughs> Zoom stuff. He was helping me with the co-hosting yeah. stuff the other day. Else. That was quick. That was good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, cooking with, uh, cooking with canvas, you know, can be really fun. Um, you know, uh, you know, obviously if you're doing dinner parties on or anything like that, you sort of want to be aware of how much you're uh, giving your guests, um, especially if you want them to leave. Um, you know, if you're doing a dinner, all of a sudden that each person has like 200 milligrams or probably not leaving your house for a while. So, um, just be care, be careful, know your potency. That's for sure. Um, if you're not sure, go less, do not go more. Awesome. Sorry. We have, uh, all different types of ways that people message us while we're, we're streaming. So sometimes I forget about one or two of them and have to go back and read them. <laughs> um, 
Uh, if anyone's looking for some easy decarb guides, I actually have one both in mason jars and for the sous method on my YouTube channel if you guys are looking for that uh, in a simplified form. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so um, uh, is there any, uh, what have you found maybe is um, kind of the biggest myth that you've heard uh, as a, you know, you're a highly experienced chef. Um, I'm sure you hear lots of different goofy myths from the, the you know, cannabis community on, on cooking. Um, what's kind of maybe the, the, the one that you hear the most that you'd like to dispel if you had a chance to do? Um, I guess probably the one most people probably think, well, wow, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I guess, do you constantly infuse everything you make? Um, the answer would be no. Uh, I mean, I don't. I mean, I eat normally. Uh, I don't need to infuse everything I make. Um, I think that's that's probably a pretty big myth, a big myth, uh, especially since I do, you know, with what I make and everything. Um, other than, <laughs> I can't even tell you what you have there. <laughs> I would say, uh, speak for yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Just <laughs> um, a couple of times a week, though. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the, the biggest one, I guess. Um, really not even, you know, other than that, I'm really not even sure what an, another myth of a cannabis chef would make, I guess. Um, you know, you must have lots of weed uh, or lots of, tea, you know, flour in your house or you're constantly doing something, which is now, um, you know, and, you know, um, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a pretty tough question to answer there. <laughs> it's a good I just, one. I was, I was more thinking just on the lines of like cooking stuff, not so much personally okay. for questions that you get. Um, yeah, oh, I guess, I guess that one, uh, you can't trust a skinny chef. So I guess that's probably the big myth. Um, I guess we're going more into the food areas. But yeah, I think there's a lot more chefs out there now uh, that are, you know, want to take care of themselves. Um, especially uh, working in a restaurant, working as a chef is a grind. Um, you know, executive chef, 14, 16 hours a day, easily. A friend of mine who's uh, a chef at a new place in Dallas just opened up. He was there from 9 a.m. to 3 a.m. So, you know, pretty ridiculous um, hours. So, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I think uh, a lot of guys are a little bit more skinny um than, than they used to be so i think that's that's a really big myth that's not true uh at all that you uh you, know, you can't trust a skinny chef so um but very very untrue what uh, what are some of the um do you do any uh foraged uh inputs or purchase any anything that's like uh hyper local that maybe um is unique to texas oklahoma and the south that people might uh, otherwise normally overlook that you might suggest just on the chef side. Uh, I know that you have a, a chance to, to uh, take and utilize all different types of wonderful things from different places around Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, I'd love to hear kind of what your thoughts are on some of the more unique things to, to our area. I mean, definitely, uh, I think both of us know the beef in our area um, is, is definitely key. Um, you know, for Texas, it's tomato. You know, we got a lot of, right now. We've got a lot of great tomatoes um, that, that are grown. So, which which is really nice. Um, to have these lovely heirloom tomatoes and everything. And a lot of these new breeds of uh, farmers are really starting to key in on that. And I, I think it's, uh, you know, maybe in Texas and Oklahoma, it's uh, 
you know, a lot of farmers markets have started to kind of pop open more. Um, I'm not sure about in Oklahoma, but definitely uh, in Dallas they have. And it's, you know, giving these uh, local farmers a, a better chance to bring in their goods, uh, which is really nice to see, which probably, you know, 20 years ago in Dallas, that really, you know, you could get stuff, but it was definitely harder to get stuff uh, compared to the, the West Coast or um, the East Coast. So, um, you know, we grow a lot of really good mushrooms here, obviously uh, grapefruits uh, when they come into play. And uh, the, uh, you know, the late, the late fall are, are really good. Um, you know, ruby reds down in the, in the southern part of Texas are really tasty. Some of the best grapefruits uh, that I've ever tasted. And uh, I'm not a big grapefruit fan, but uh, I'll, I'll eat those. That, that's for sure. So, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of us probably, a lot of uh, people assume, you know, Texas and, you know, barbecue, obviously we know is key uh in, in both places in Tex-Mex I'm not sure in Oklahoma Tex-Mex but definitely here so it's sort of my uh fallback thing to go and eat from like what else am I gonna eat tonight I'll just have some Tex-Mex uh you know when you grow up eating it all the time uh you kind of get kind of used to it uh so um but yeah, like Texas shrimp or Texas oysters are really tasty as well so uh you know, I'm not sure about Oklahoma as much. Probably, I guess it's probably like fried steak. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of Mexican food, really. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and I know with the, the Native American culture, more so in Oklahoma, you know, fried bread and uh, everything related to uh, Native American uh, cuisine as well. So that's, uh, you know, I, I've had fried bread. It's really good. So fried bread and greens and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and obviously, uh, corn, you know, yeah. we, grow, we eat lots of corn down here. So grits and, um, everything like that. So, um, you know, I kind of look at Texas as we're kind of Southern, but we're not Southern. We're not like the, the deep South. So, you know, when a sweet tea started to come a thing here, I was like, sweet tea, what's sweet tea? You know, it was never, a never seemed to be a, a Texas thing, especially for me as a kid uh until now so it's sort of made its way into texas we're sort of our own little um we try to be our own little country almost sometimes it seems like <laughs> your power grid does at least yeah you're right oh, we don't need to talk about that do we <laughs> <laughs> sorry i shouldn't have brought that up i got lucky i didn't lose any power and i can say it <laughs> <laughs> no we we got lucky most of the towns around us did and we were in this little area that's close to the power plant and you know, it got severed just past, just down the road. You know what I mean? So it worked out. Right, 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 right. But uh, uh, we've had one hell of a wild mushroom harvest this year because we've had pretty much rain every two to five days here, just about since February, it feels like. Um, so we've really had one heck of a wild mushroom flush this year. I know we found a ton of morels, a ton of chanterelles, oyster mushrooms, all kinds of stuff. So that's really been uh, kind of a, a wonderful bounty here this year. Right. I really haven't gone foraging uh, in here, but uh, years ago, I mean, I would get some mushrooms from a, there's a, a guy, unfortunately, he's no longer alive, who would grow um, some really nice stuff and um, he would go foraging and always bring him back. Um, there's a couple of companies doing some really nice shiitakes as well, and they were doing them uh, very local as well. So, uh, but I, I personally haven't been foraging. Um, I have um, a long time ago, but it was for different mushrooms. Um, <laughs> we found them, 
those are quite quite bountiful in the south too yeah those are quite bountiful in the south you just gotta know where you're looking uh i haven't done that in uh many of years but uh yeah we didn't have to tip any cow manure over or anything but we did find we did find the, the bounty uh it was really weird I was, we couldn't find anything then all of a sudden i guess the right time temperature everything that mother nature uh um uh decided to uh grace us with uh yeah we were we were like kids in the candy store at one point uh <laughs> we had a, another question from chat do, do you decarboxylate everything or is there uh times when you think it's better th that you don't want to decarb um i pretty much anytime i make an edible uh decarb unless i just want to um you know, like in the uh, the vinaigrette that I made that went on the dish that I did luckily um, when I um, after I cooked the bacon and then add the onions I actually threw some of the uh, fresh hemp flour in there just for the a taste profile. Um, so I mean, it was essentially got real decarb real quick, but not that length of time. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you, you know, uh, it, it'd be more for a flavor profile than anything else. But yeah. Pretty much uh, anything I do is decarb. And obviously, uh, this lid stuff is already decarb, by the way. So you don't have to decarb that in case you're trying to cook with oil, <laughs> if you can get it. Um, someone else asked in chat um, Do you have a, a preferred oil? I know earlier you had mentioned virgin olive oil. Uh, is that the only one that you, you like, or is there a different one that you like as well? Uh, well I mean, for me, oils are, uh, it, it really depends what you're going for. Um, you know, if you're looking for, you know, essentially MCT slash coconut actually does the best pulling um, of, of uh, you know, except, you know, with, the, with everything, pulling the, uh, the THC or the CBD out of the plant material. Um, for whatever reason, those, that's the best. But, uh, you know, it depends what you like. Um, like I said, I use neutral oils, rapeseed, Canola, it depends on what dish I'm making. So, um, you know, extra virgin just has that really nice flavor, especially if you get a nice bottle of it. Uh, I'm not talking about something that's, you know, $8 on the grocery store shelf. I'm talking about a really nice bottle. Um, and if you infuse that, you're gonna have something really tasty. Um, and like I said, that's just a finishing oil, like to go top your plate or top whatever you're eating. So, um, you know, I use all sorts of oil when I cook. I've been using avocado oil a little bit lately um, for uh, for searing and stuff like that. You know, I, I look at a smoke point of some stuff. So that's why, you know, when I'm searing, you know, a piece of fish or a piece of chicken or sauteing, um, you really don't need an oil that's infused. Um, you want an oil that has a high smoke point. And so extra virgin olive oil does not have a high smoke point. So... It's actually very, not a great oil to saute or uh, sear in a pot with. So, but avocado, canola, all those, even grapeseed, um, peanut oil, they all have high smoke points. So those are really good um, to use to saute with. So hopefully that answers the question there. Awesome. Let me see. Uh... Not too many things here. I'm very... trying to get you not... Trying to get your links in, in the, the uh, description here. Um, uh, Fumador, did you have any questions on uh, in the queue there? 
Uh, you know, I was going to, am I looking at the sound coming through? I was going to say, how do you make Steve's medicated Bernays? Like he's always talking about Bernays sauce. I was like, how do you make a perfect Bernays sauce that's medicated? But it's like medicated in such a way that you know how medicated it is. So like if you were to pour Bernays sauce on, Steve's always talking about how he'll put it on everything, on sandwiches, burgers, <laughs> pasta, dogs, whatever. Uh, not to eat the dogs, I guess the dog, to lick the other dog. Like, how would you medicate that uh to like a specific amount. So for example, uh, I run a tasting group and that kind of question always came up. Like, how do we, how do we know how this is medicated or how, how strongly it's medicated or how, how potent it is, I guess. Uh, how do we know how potent we're making our edibles on and on? Like, how do they do that? Like, let's say on a simple level, like two people making pasta. Um, well, it's obviously there's math involved at that point. Um, so if you're making a Bernays, you have to essentially make a, a clarified butter first. So when you, uh, when you make a clarified butter, you put it in a, in a pot, and this probably be the best, the best point is probably to infuse it after it's clarified, because what happens when you're clarifying, you separate the, the fat uh, from the actual butter um, is what you're trying to do. So you need to sit there skimming and skimming and skimming. The fat will start coming off, and right before it starts to uh, turn into ghee, which is sort of has a toasty flavor to it, um, you would strain that. And at that point, that would be the best time to actually clarify your butter with your decarb um, hemp or your decarb THC flour. Um, that is the best way of, uh, of, of doing all that is to, um, you know, it, it really depends on how strong you want it. Usually I've, uh, you know, when I started doing my research, the typical you'd see is like a half ounce to a pound of butter. So, you could start with that and, uh, you know, and then when you make your Bernays, uh, what you're going to do is uh, when you make your hollandaise, essentially, is make sure your, um, <clears throat> your eggs, uh, you're going to need a double boiler, eggs, uh, raw egg yolks, a uh, little white wine you put in there and start whisking over your double boiler until they come frothy. And then you start slowly incorporating your now infused butter into that. And uh, so once all that's incorporated, you would season it, salt, white pepper, a little lemon juice. And um, that's a straight hollandaise. And for Bernays, you need to make a tarragon reduction, which is shallots, a little black pepper and tarragon, a little white wine, you just slowly cook with a little red wine vinegar. And once that is ready to go, you would add that to now your hollandaise and thus you have a Bernays, if I answered your question there. Um, but yeah, it's a fancier version than Potent. Potent's jealous now because he's like, right, I gotta do that now. It's gonna be super hard. Can you do like if you're just like a lazy stoner and you just kind of want to get like uh, I don't know, you want to get some CBD in your food, or or maybe you do want to get some THC. Maybe it's already been decarb. For example, they bought some products from you. Could they mix it into something silly like ketchup? Like would that work at all? Or let's yeah, say they want to on my show Piri Piri sauce. Like, is that, I don't know, is that doable? Is that the... Uh... Yeah, I mean, you once it's uh, once it's decarbed in an oil, you can pretty much put in about anything. Um, it's just, you know, it's really with the, the, you know, with the molecules, the water and the fat, obviously don't mix. So they'll separate. So how to get that to, sep how to get that to emulsify. So, I mean, you essentially can make an infused mayonnaise uh, at home. Um, or you could take the mayonnaise you have in the fridge and add, start, you know, your infused oil, start pumping that oil, whisking that oil into the mayonnaise, you would have essentially infused mayonnaise. 
Uh, mayonnaise isn't that hard to make. Uh, how would you, you were talking about extra virgin olive oil a little bit ago, like how would you make a really nice medicated mayonnaise with your CBD so or THC with, oil? Uh, with may mayonnaise is basically a cold hollandaise. That makes things so. Egg yolks, mustard, like a little Dijon in it, and then lemon juice, and you start whisking your egg yolks, and then slowly start putting, pouring your infused oil into it. You'd have a lovely infused mayonnaise at that point in time. So mayonnaise is super easy to make, unless you break it. Um, then you have to fix it if you break it. So which has happened before plenty of times. And that's the same thing with the hollandaise. If it gets hollandaise, it gets too hot, or bernays. Um, it gets too hot, um, it will separate. If it gets too cold, it will separate. So it has to have that fine line right above 140 degrees, which if uh, you're worried about uh, food safety, um, over 140 degrees, you're okay. Uh, once Bernays gets under 140, um, you need to kind of watch out, especially if it's sitting out like for five hours, six hours. Um, you might want to throw it away at that point. But uh, so, go ahead, sir. The, the acidity and the, uh, the mayonnaise with the lemon juice and the Dijon mustard will help. This sure acts like your preservative in there with the egg yolks. Because it's usually like one egg yolk to like a cup of oil um, to make mayonnaise. What about stuff that already is quite fatty or has fat in it? Uh, a lot of times uh, a friend of ours, Cascadian, he likes to make uh, nachos, you know, nachos and cheese. Could you mix in stuff like uh, uh, THC, THC, CBD oils into nacho cheese or even chocolate, like melted chocolate that you pour over some ice cream, let's say? Yeah, I mean, if I wanted to say, you know, take my, uh, I make a cherry jubilee tincture. So, you know, if I wanted to make like sort of a cherry chocolate, I'd melt my chocolate and the fat of the chocolate would uh, emulsify with the fat of the oil. So yeah, you could essentially, you know, as long as it's going, you're whisking it in there, it's gonna, you know, emulsify. And that's, uh, that, that is key. And just like if you're like making queso or something, you know, you could already have it a, a, an infused butter or something or an infused cream uh, and do the same thing. So without having to, you know, especially if you have something that's already laying around that's already infused. Um, you can just simply add it to it. Um, you know, you're going to know how strong it is, hopefully after you make it. Uh, if not, you know, you're going, you're, you're on your, you are your own guinea pig, uh, <laughs> which some people, uh, I'm sure they've made the mistake. Of, oh, that was way too strong. <laughs> or put the decimal point in the wrong spot or. Right, 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 right. Brands I mean, it really, it really is, a, you know, up, up to math at that point, you know, going, all right, this is, my greenery is 28%. And then, you know, when if I'm using, you know, seven and you have to do all the, the math, I'm not going to go all, all that into that right now. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Actually, I have to look it up every time because uh, I forget half the time. <laughs> and, I, had a, I was working with somebody and they were trying to make 250 milligram croissants hmm. and they made 2,500 milligram croissants. He ate one and just dropped after like 45 minutes. It was really funny. Many stoners can can usually eat. Like at my tasting groups, a lot of my friends and I could totally just, I mean, we'd be really loosey-goosey, but we would take 1,000 milligram brownies. A friend of mine made these like dead-ass 1,000 milligram brownies that were just 
just out of this world. You couldn't stop eating them. They were so good. You didn't care how strong they were. Well, a few people actually ended up caring how strong they were because they would kind of pass out of the back <laughs> of the room. But uh, above a thousand milligrams, man, kind of all bets are off a little bit for a lot of people. Like most people can't take like a 2,500 milligram freaking croissant. They'd be, yeah. Yeah, I'd be, that'd be, uh, yeah, I'd be on the, I'd be asleep for several days, probably. <laughs> uh, buddy, uh, Potent Ponix knows Dirtman Dan. He has this weird freak mutation where he can just pretty much eat as much THC. Like nobody's found a limit for him. Like wow. he can eat 5,000 milligrams and just kind of be walking around. No big deal. Like, wow. Yeah. My buddy's ex-wife was like that. We had, we used to have a whole potluck for 420 and I would cook a turkey and everyone would bring like an ounce and we'd smoke two to four pounds and she would stay, stay in the room right with everyone else, puff with everybody else. And she just never got high. She just like was immune somehow or had some glitched out CB1 receptor or something because she just didn't get high. Huh. <laughs> it was weird. It's the only human I've ever met like that in my whole life. Sounds like she go she go against Willie and Snoop Dogg or something like that. Well, you know, yeah, yeah it'd be funny just <laughs> and hustle a bunch of people to try and smoke competitions. Right, right, right. That'd be funny. I was just wondering, maybe she has some kind of leg up on like cancers or some kind of like disease <laughs> because of her CB1 receptor modification. Maybe she has some kind of like immunity to stuff that we aren't immune to. Right, yeah. right, right. That, that's it does. I've never heard of that before. So I guess kudos to her, I guess, in a weird sort of way. I mean, too bad she doesn't understand what it feels like. <laughs> um, uh, Zoom. Question. Oh, yeah, I don't know if you uh, mind, but a question in the chat from uh, Zooey and Slammer. Uh, never had butter. I might have misunderstood their, understood their question about um, either they've never had butter on a steak or not. You were talking about the, the rolled butter. The maitre d' butter, what a maitre cool idea. Like you can spread that basically on anything, right? But yeah. uh, for example, if people do like steaks or I mean, who doesn't? A lot of people like steaks, right? I guess, I guess vegetarians don't like steaks, but a lot of people do. Uh, that's another really good one, right? Like a medicated butter on a steak that would kind of mask some of the medicinal flavor maybe. And you have some you know, herbs like tarragon, whatever. Like that would probably be a good uh, use maybe for medicated butter, no? Uh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, you can, you know, you can, sort of, you know, take the elements of what I was talking about, the metro D better of how to make it and sort of make it your own of how you're going to, what you're going to do with it. I mean, you could, you know, make something with, you know, um, you know, chilies in there, make it hot and spicy, jalapenos are in there, you know, just dice them up and saute them up a little bit or put them in raw, uh, mix it up or, you know, like sambal paste, you know, something like that, that would easily go in there. So, yeah, I mean, you could definitely, you know, take that, you know, whipped butter, essentially, your whipped infused butter, and then, um, you know, just sort of make what you want. And for me, almost the best, better way of doing it is, you know, we were talking about, you know, with the hollandaise and infusing your, your clarified butter is actually have your whipped butter, then separately have your infused clarified butter, and then whip that in there. And that way you could really you know, figure out your potency of your whipped butter because you don't have to infuse the whole butter at that point. You have your, your separate butter um, that's infused and then just slowly, you know, once it's, they're both cool, um, obviously you won't put hot clarified butter into cool butter, um, you'll turn it into liquid. Um, so that's another really good way of, of doing it if you're really concerned about the potency level about it being too potent of course you, know, you would have to taste it yourself and be your own guinea pig and wait like an hour uh see see what happens 
By the way, if you were doing that, if you were like, let's say, uh, putting butter on steak, a lot of people actually will cook a steak. That's one of those like restaurant secrets for really good steaks. So you probably know like just that freaking pound of butter on the steak, basically. Right. But if you did that, you'd probably crash out the THC, right? You'd probably kind of uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, a lot the, of it. So maybe right at the end or what? Yeah, you put the yeah, usually the matrix you like in the pictures you showed earlier, you take a slab of that and once your steak is, you know, you take your steak out off the grill or once it's still hot and it's at the temp. However you like it, you know, rare, medium, rare, well done, whatever. Yeah, if you like it, well done. I hope you enjoy leather. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, you just put that piece right on top and it'll just slowly start to melt. So the heat at that point is no big deal. It's really when you're doing the sauteing part and getting in a hot pan um, is, um, is where you can really run into the issues. Um, Baking is completely different because it's... Uh, it's not just direct heat. So, you know, when you're doing, you know, infused butter and brownies and stuff, it's just such a, it's such a different method because it's not indirect heat um, going onto, you know, a saute pan or, um, you know, or a grill or anything like that. So, but yeah, any of those like the inside of the brownie is, is literally like less than 140 degrees or whatever until it finally gets to be done. And then it'll actually kind of raise up to that right. temperature. Whereas if you're frying something, it's like 500 degrees on that. Yeah, yeah, brownie, you, right? yeah, you could not fry and uh, put, yeah, you, if you want to infuse your oil and fry, fry with it, you're wasting your oil. So, uh, yeah. That's kind of what I want to say because you know it, it's expensive. You know what I mean? Like infused oil, if you make it yourself, or if you buy it, or if you get it from a friend, then that's a, right. a really great friend and it's a great, great gift. Then you crash it out basically and ruin it by using it the wrong way. Oh man, you're a sad panda. So that's right. what I want to say. And, and I mean, I know uh, probably in Oklahoma. I know in the legal states, you know, they do do sell infused butter. Um, some of the dispensaries do. So you can, uh, you know, if you didn't want to make your own, you can always just go buy it. Um, and then, you know, then make your own stuff with it, you know, take from theirs and then, you know, make your maitre d' butter if you don't want to have to worry about infusing anything. I mean, if you're, you know, when you're talking about being the lazy stoner, that's a good lazy stoner method right there. <laughs> Go buy somebody else's stuff. <laughs> and then if you, you know, just take from that and then just, you know, infuse it because you're getting, you know, at that point, you know, someone that doesn't want to do it. They're going to be able to see, you know, whatever the, the jar is and know how many milligrams is in there. And then, you know, once you, you know, say if you, you know, the butter is, you know, 500 milligrams and you're taking, you know, oh, a couple of tablespoons from that or, you know, it won't, obviously it won't be 500 milligrams at that point, unless it's the whole container. So hopefully that makes some sense there um, to help some people out that way. Do you have um, any advice for working with more acidic solutions like vinegars and other things that are, you know, traditionally kind of more of a pain in the ass or if that's something you're, it's in your secret, secret box, that's totally fine. Well, I mean, I haven't, uh, I haven't infused any acidity uh, with it. I haven't seen that, um, you know, acidity really pulls that much out. So um, it's really the fats and the alcohol that are your, your best way of, uh, you know, extracting essentially. Um, and you can, you know, then you more of the city for, you know, your vinaigrettes or what, you know, and stuff like that. But um, I, I haven't seen, I mean, I, I've never used uh, any acidity as a, an extraction method at, at all. Um, it, it seems like it's, if it's something's really acidic, it might, uh, might, might kind of more destroy it than anything else, especially if you want the, the flavor of the terpenes. Um, it would definitely 
it would destroy it. Um, so do you, uh, you have all your different products do you, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to kind of mention about rebel dreads or about your, what you do or about your services that you offer for other people or, or any of the different things like that or sure, go sure. Ahead. with the, with all the products I make, you know, it's, uh, I guess when I started getting into this, um, and wanted to do it, um, you know, sort of making the, uh, CBD caramels, the salted ones, uh, before I started the company. And, um, you know, just the feedback I was getting on, I'm like, tastes really good. And, you know, you know, people start going, you're changed, you've changed my life. So, you know, with cooked regular cooking in a restaurant, you know, people come up, oh man, my dinner is really good, you know, tonight. And, you know, thank you so much for the meal. Can't wait to come back. But when so people start going, you've changed my life, uh, a whole different ball game at that point. Um, so that's really is what really, you know, helped perpetuate me into, really making this and it's the, you know, help for me, it's about helping people. And, um, you know, it's a trend to make something, uh, that's, you know, tastes good. Um, and, you know, especially if, you know, parents have kids and they're looking to, to give their kids medicine, um, you know, that's obviously that's on them. I can't tell people that, but, uh, that's sort of, sort of behind the, the dessert salsa is, you know, kind of a, you know, I'm sure like kids don't want to give like a bunch of oil in their mouth. Uh, but it might be a good way, you know, something a little, a little sweet, um, uh, to give them. Um, so, uh, yeah, I have definitely have that in mind, you know, is, is, you know, helping, you know, parents that have kids that are, you know, what else do we do? I mean, we've heard the stories of, uh, you know, people moving to, you know, legal States, um, to get the medicine for their kids because nothing else is working. So, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's a care factor. Uh, a human factor and it's about you know helping people that, that you know want a natural uh, medicine uh, instead of taking a bunch of pharmaceuticals and you know the I guess the one person I've changed her mind on is my mom uh, <laughs> so she uses uh, all my products and uh, you know she's definitely I guess probably one, one of my close to be my number one fan beside my fiance uh, but uh you know, that, that, that's pretty amazing, you know, to have uh, someone who's, you know, 80 and, um, you know, she's trying to tell her friends about it now. But, you know, a lot of them are still that mindset of, oh, it's a gateway. Oh, it's I'm going to, you know, if I take this, you know, put this stuff on my skin, you know, next Dude, thing it's you know, a gateway to a better skin. life. Yeah. It's a gateway to a better goddamn life. They don't have yeah. to hurt anymore with their arthritis. And right, their right. Their joints can loosen up. And right. people that have Parkinson's, they loosen up. Like, it's a gateway to a better right. life, not a gateway to right. but heroin or something. Uh, unfortunately, that's, that's the, the, a lot of those people think the opposite way. That, yeah, I, I put this on my skin, you know, three months later, I'm going to stick a needle in my arm or something. Um, you know, because it's been demonized. Dude, but, usually uh, it's the opposite. If you, yeah, if you ever hang crazy. out on our shows, you'll hear that it's the opposite. A lot of people used to have issues with those other drugs, and then they actually right. solved those problems in many ways, thanks to cannabis. Not exactly. because of cannabis, because they had to deal with it themselves, but cannabis was a big help to them for that. Exactly. So, um, you know, that's, that's you know, I, I'm glad I've been able to change people's minds about it. And, you know, the first time I made the, the topical and my mom put it on her back, she's like, within three minutes, she's like, the pain was gone. So, uh, you know, to, to hear that and to, to turn other people onto that stuff or to what we're doing, uh, whether it's CBD or THC or, you know, or, or doing both together, you know, wherever you kind of live, 
Um, you know, not a lot of people want, there's a good amount of people that don't want the psychoactive from THC. So that, that's where the, the CBD is really beneficial for those people. Um, you know, we know both, both cannabinoids have really great properties to them that are beneficial as medicine. So, um, yeah, that's sort of really how this, uh, this all started for me was, uh, was the mindset of, uh, you know, if I can help people and, you know, make something taste good, um, or, you know, make something smell good that goes on them, um, you know, to, to give them the relief that they're looking for, um, is one of the most important things for me. I know I hear a lot of stories just to, to further support what you're saying on on the CBD. I, we hear a lot of stories from truckers and construction workers and people that can't test hot for THC that still need to have that pain relief. You know what I mean? Right. And that kind of helps fill the gap in, in that market. And that it's a one that has a lot of people in it, a lot more than people think. Right. Oh, totally. The only the, the one issue, you know, if it's full spectrum, they can still test hot. So um, which is so not fair. Um, to all the people that are uh, wanting to, um, you know, I'm, ha I'm just happening to me right now, um, you know, with some of the events I'm going to, where some people are just going, darn, you know, I, I really wish I could try your product, but I'm afraid. And I've got to say, well, there is that small chance, you know, that you could, you could be hot. Um, so you're at your own risk, unfortunately, because the, the test really doesn't differentiate between what it is or it just says cannabinoids. So a lot of people that want to take CBD are just, you know, do I, do I take the chance for basically taking something that's extremely legal and it's helping me and I might get fired. <laughs> so, um, you know, hopefully that, that will change here. Uh, hopefully that will change here soon, you know? So, um, but, you know, I understand, you know, some companies, you know, they, they don't want their drivers driving around, you know, blast out of their mind. Um, you know, obviously insurance and everything like that. There's, there's a factor because um, that's, that's the last thing, you know, we need, especially uh, in our field is, you know, that happening and, you know, people just getting blasted. Sort of what's happening with Delta 8 here in Texas. Um, people are just getting blasted from it. And then they're thinking they can go and drive. I mean, I'm sorry, you're impaired. I mean, if, you, if you've never had Delta 8 and, like I said, I don't touch it. So, um, but, uh, you know, if, if you're not used to it and you've eat seven gummies and now you've got, you know, each one's 25 milligrams, you're going to be blasted and you should not be driving. So, but yet people think, oh, I'm going to get in the car. I'm fine. And then it just gives a whole, you know, that bad taste for us or the people doing stupid things, uh, really put things behind for, people like us are really trying to do something positive in the, the cannabis community. Awesome. Well, is there anything you'd like to tell us in closing? I don't want to tie you up the whole night. You're more than welcome to hang out with us, but I don't want to tie you up. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. Give my products to try rebeldreadscorp.com. Um, you'll love them. <laughs> uh, everything is natural no preservatives so you know really put a lot of thought into it um you know um you know especially you know there you go again there everything is so um uh, number one of course is my salted caramels um the topicals are doing really good um tinctures definitely uh help and uh getting lots of really good reports about uh 
Harper's Pet Elixir. So, um, you know, from, uh, you know, people, a friend of mine, his mother's giving it to the dog. Uh, she hasn't had, she's had one seizure and she was having seizures uh, three, four times a week. And now she's, uh, their dog's had one seizure in the last month ever since they've been taking Harper's Pet Elixir. So um, I even have a, a friend who's a mas licensed massage therapist who's using the topical as massages. And she can really, uh, she's just saying it's one of the best topicals she's ever had. And, um, and it likes the, the smoothest, the silkiness of the oil that's in there. And she can actually tell after it's applied within 10, about 10 minutes, um, working on someone's shoulders or neck area, um, how the muscles start to loosen, which makes her job a lot easier of getting into uh, the muscles to help uh, uh, help those people that uh, are, you know, looking for the benefits of the massage. So really awesome to hear stuff. You know, I'm still wowed when I hear reports of uh, what uh, people are using my products for and how it's helping them. I've got a couple that's using the tincture for uh, uh, high blood pressure, actually. They said it's normalized their blood pressure and they, they sleep like they've uh, never slept before. So I said, I'm, I'm still wowed by everything. Uh, when I hear something new and someone comes up to me and says something, I'm just like, you know, it's still like, you know, ah, like, oh, wow, man, I can't, I didn't know that. You know, I, I'm sure you guys get the same uh, situation when someone comes up and tells you that as well. You know, well, I, I didn't know it could work for that as well. So really cool. Um, you know, thanks so, so much for having me. Uh, I really appreciate being able to talk to you guys and um, you know, hopefully we can do it again. And uh, I'll see you in a month and a half anyways. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I'll, I'll try to bring some of that food for you to try uh, so you can at least taste it this time. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll, we'll bring you some goodies too, don't worry. Cool, cool, cool. Sounds good, man. Uh, well, you guys can check out more of his information uh, over at uh, Rebel Dreads Corp. The uh, you can find links to his social media uh, and his website in the description. Um, uh, remember, on YouTube, we can only list social media because of, uh, you know, we get Zuckerberg and you know, <laughs> stuff. So we have to uh, just list social media on YouTube, but all the other repostings of this uh, will have his website as well. So thanks, everyone. Uh, uh, thanks for joining us. So, uh, and uh, again, Rebel Dreads Corp. Uh, on Instagram, rebeldreadscorp.com, uh, uh, if you want to find out more. Right. And on Facebook, it's actually, uh, I had Dreadhead Chef already um, from when I was doing the chips and salsa. So uh, to find me on Facebook, it's uh, it's actually Dreadhead Chef uh, and not Rebel Dreads. Uh, Facebook was like, you're going to have to open a whole new page. So since I already had like, you know, followers, a bunch of followers on the Dreadhead, I was like, we're just going to leave it as a uh, Rebel Dreads is Dreadhead Chef. So, uh, but yeah, on Instagram, it is Rebel Dreads Corp. Awesome. And cool. We have a link to both of those in the description if you guys want to check that out. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks a lot. And um, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. Um, well, that was a, a lot of fun. It's always fun to have a chef on. I think he's only the second chef that we've had the pleasure of having on the show. So, uh, uh, it's always fun to, to learn more. Um, you're more than welcome to, to stay and hang out, or if you need to take off, uh, uh, feel free uh, as well. Uh, Fumador actually just finished up his website, and he's going to actually announce his uh, 
his new project here. Uh, so thanks, Fumador. Uh, why don't you uh, uh, take it away? Cheers, guys. Well, apparently I, I will uh, open up a new window and stuff. I guess I get to uh, show off my fancy new website. Uh, folks, I would be honored if you uh, took a look. I built it myself. I uh, grew the seeds myself, grew the plants myself. So uh, please do go take a look. I'd be honored if you actually uh, also shopped there as well, but I don't want to pressure you. You know, this is not an infomercial, but uh, you know, please go take a look. Tell me what you think. Uh, hopefully you'll see more of these in the future. Hopefully you'll see uh, most of these lines. I will continue uh, working in kind of different ways. Uh, I'm going to be doing things in a little bit different way than I think a lot of people are used to. I hope it's going to work out. So far it's working out. People are really enjoying the plants. Um, they're going to be uh, kind of perpetually limited editions. So I'm going to be constantly sort of searching through these lines and sort of ref refining them a bit as I go. Uh, Black Prince Ruby was uh, originally just basically an in-cross of Ruby Jack, but Ruby Jack F2, I created that Ruby Jack F2 from uh, a buddy of mine, uh, MZ Stevia on Instagram, uh, a fellow kind of uh, uh, unprofessional breeder. I mean, unprofessional, that sounds bad, but uh, he was, uh, you know, he wasn't one of these fancy people that have boots at... Uh, uh, a High Times Cup or, or the Emerald Cup or something, but I've loved his uh, beans, basically most of all, tied with, with some other breeders. Anyway, I created like an F2, F3, something, whatever, in cross, but that was Stevie's work. So now I want to go basically do something else. So the whole thing is once I kind of find things, flavors, types that I want, I want to kind of tell a story with that, with that line. So hopefully you guys will join me with it. And uh, like I said, I don't want to make the, the freaking... I don't want to make Steve's show into an infomercial, but uh, I would be honored if you guys checked it out and uh, I don't know, tell me what you think. And there's also lots of seeds. I guess I also should say, by the way, that uh, with premium prices or whatever, you get premium service. So uh, you guys, uh, at least stateside, especially, uh, these seeds are guaranteed basically to make you uh, smile. So if you're not smiling, please let me know. Uh, domestically, these are uh, free shipping. Uh, internationally, you guys unfortunately are going to have to pay some shipping because it's very expensive. But domestically in the U.S., it's uh, free shipping, and uh, every pack gets a five-pack of Silago the Bat, which is I think it's sold out. The only way to get it is actually by uh, uh, buying a pack of seeds. Basically, it was uh, in the learning process of, uh, of becoming a breeder and sending out all these strains. Have basically, been tested, and the thing is, like this was one of the the crosses that I was most excited about in the beginning. I guess I don't want to I don't want to screw up Steve's show because uh, this is basically a character from the kind of Dune a minor character maybe but it's still a character that i liked from the kind of dune uh, 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 universe and i thought oh it'd be really fun if this basically came out before the movie did blah 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 so i sent out a bunch of testers or at least a few and right at the beginning there were some problems and i basically pulled it i was like oh my god no 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 i'm gonna send other things because you know it costs money to send those things it was like covid times so i couldn't just hand them out i had to actually send stuff in the mail and allegedly to canada and stuff so basically i put silago on the shelf and wouldn't you know it, people like Ivory Grower continue to grow it and it's actually goddamn fire. So pretty much you guys are getting like a, I don't know, freebie tester. I don't know. It's basically it's a freebie, but uh, you don't have to test it all. I, I, I already know that I like it, but uh, it's uh, whatever. It's part of the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll, I'll take it back to Steve because like I said, I don't want it to be all about me, but uh, please go check out. Okay, that's a bad example because that one was the one I was like, oh, don't buy that one. You put a lot of. I, I, I want to keep that one for myself. Go ahead, Steve. You put a lot of work into this, and you've been talking about this for like a couple of months now. So I want to make sure you have a chance to kind of show it off on on our show too, not just yours. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. You have some incredible photography on your stuff. You really, uh, you. really have some incredible pictures of some of those buds, and uh, you've shown me a ton of stuff privately too, photo wise. And 
they're just all killer. So um, uh, thanks a lot uh, Thank you, uh, on that. Um, uh, <laughs> there's funny, uh, I was work, talking to uh, Jesse today who does our logos and stuff. She does our t-shirts. Actually, I don't have my, I should put my t-shirt on. Um, but uh, uh, she does all of our t-shirts over at jellybomb.com. You guys can check that out. But just uh, we were just talking about how in Canada, you can't have any fancy anything really, any logos, no no branding or anything on any of your cannabis stuff. And can you imagine trying to stand out as a product with zero branding, zero way to have any type of way to visually distinguish yourself? So that that's, means that's like crazy. no pictures, no nothing? What does it mean? Uh, yeah, you can't have any logos, anything, anything. It's just, just bland as hell. Um, it, it really uh, makes it difficult for people to, uh, um, you know, stand out really. Uh, uh, you know, you do have to rely on the product, which is great, but at the same time, you should have some way of under, you know, visually right. seeing that product. I mean, come on, it's just too much. But that's why I love seeing the type of stuff with yours, where you have just this incredible photography and the, the well light outside and all that kind of stuff. So it's a, a nice change and kind of funny because we were talking about the polar opposite of that earlier today. <laughs> uh, we're working on some new logos of. Uh, some new products for the Oklahoma market, and we have this cool psychedelic beaver. <laughs> you guys, will, you guys will see the final logo eventually in one of the public and stuff. This is the beaver state, so. And Oklahoma, has so many freaking beavers. Anybody that's ever lived in Oklahoma or Texas, man, they are everywhere. As soon as you learn how to look for them and what the what the lodges and stuff look like, you'll see them in every single farm pond around. <laughs> They're good eating too, man. That's what they say. Uh, they're also really good for ecosystems. Uh, the, every time, like they measure healthy ecosystems by the oysters and the beavers. Like on a serious note, how funny is that? <laughs> um, yeah, here are EU band logos as well. And it's like, come on, like, I can understand making stuff that's not directly marketed towards kids. Cause I think we can all agree that kids shouldn't be intoxicated regardless of the substance, you know? The same way they don't want to get in drunk, you know, they, they don't need to be getting intoxicated. Their brains aren't quite ready. They'll make silly decisions. I mean, shit, we see that in college. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I have a friend, uh, the kind of annoying thing is that a lot of doctors are kind of reluctant to come on these shows because it's not, none of this stuff is federally approved and blah, blah, blah. And even if it didn't just jeopardize their license, because of course, free speech is free speech, but it could get them like, if someone heard that they were on a cannabis show, it might give them like a I don't know. People will just basically titter in, in the in the background. Apparently, every time they walk through the hallway, I've been told. But uh, there are a couple people that I've been talking to have who have said some honestly to me a little bit disturbing stuff. Like uh, there are some. Well, honestly, that's a, a topic for a whole show. Basically, there are some uh, problems with some actual problems with people who do have kind of opioid issues or are taking op opioids for health issues and have cannabis uh, uh, in their life. They can actually suffer from some. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not overdraw. What's the fuck? The ODs. Um, and then uh, in the same way, uh, one thing that, that uh, uh, my friend was telling me was that uh, uh, kids, basically even young adults up to not only the age of 21, because of course these shows are 21 and over, but actually honestly up to age 24, 25, there's apparently really good evidence that honestly they shouldn't be using, according to my friend, the doctor, uh, they shouldn't be using cannabis because their brain is still developing which is kind of disturbing when you think about it, because that's honestly the like college or even just a, a young adulthood. That's one of the times that people probably smoke the most, but then also like they feel that they need to smoke the most. And 
don't know. It would it would be unfortunate to me if that was the case that it's actually unhealthy for you, you know, in some way. Oh, you, man. Absolutely. I'm oh, sorry about that. I was talking to myself. Um, sorry, I'm trying to juggle three different uh, chats and making sure we're we're staying good on all of them. Um, yeah, I, I lost my train of thought there. Sorry. Too many I think things. I lost my train of thought in the middle of it too. Um, oh, like, why don't you mention your podcast and your your different stuff? Um, you have uh, three shows a week, uh, and they're a little bit different format than this show. Right? Uh, we have a much looser format than this show for sure. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, here, I'm going to allow Smurf's comment. Uh, join us, my friends, over on Fumidor and the Flavors. That's my YouTube channel. So if you guys see me in the chat, for example, saying hello. Uh, or if you just look up on YouTube, Fumidor and the Flavors. Uh, Potin comes on all the time. Clackamas Coot comes on all the time. We got a bunch of uh, fun guests that come by. It's a very open format. I kind of try to allow almost anybody that will stop by. Uh, Wes Injun, one, one of the folks that comes, he's basically one of the regulars of the regulars. Uh, he said basically, don't be a dick or show your dick. That's pretty much what it is. And he also calls our show the most interactive show in cannabis. I would say that's 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 quite accurate because uh, we try to allow everybody, or I try to allow everybody to come on. And it's like I say, as long as you're not a dick, don't show your dick. Uh, and we have really good, interesting discussions most of the time. Like I say, you know, Coop comes on, Potent comes on. We have all kinds of really deep discussions about growing in life. And of course, sometimes we bullshit about I don't even know, like rocket chips and just <laughs> nonsense, chicken, whatever, yeah, food. We get drunk and we get into it about stuff, but it's kind of like hanging out at a bar with a bunch of like weed growing friends. And it's a little bit loose. Sometimes we'll get down rabbit holes on topics that are like weird and interesting and like just cool that all of us or one of us happens to have some crazy in-depth knowledge on. And Fumi's always talking about crazy different old school stories. You know, we were talking about that lady that did all the, the birds with the threads on fire right, and right. all these different stuff. And, and then also cannabis history too. You know, if you guys like the talks that we I've done with Coot, you know, I, uh, we notice a, a pretty big jump on views when it's me and Coot on the show here. Yeah. Um, if you guys like those episodes, definitely check out the one him and I get into it on Fumi show because we get into it on a couple of them for like four to six hours. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's, it's as good as the content on this show as far as uh, appreciate it. that, but usually a little bit more vulgar. Uh, a little bit, show. a little bit more vulgar. Yeah, we smoke a bit more joints. We uh, we get a bit more more loose. Uh, Saturdays are uh, traditionally brews with buds night, so we were brews and buds. Uh, we basically have uh, micro brews. Not everybody drinks beer, of course, but a lot of us West Indian and Deed, a few of us. Uh, Potent comes on and he drinks a couple. Uh, we tie one on a bit, as you might say, uh, but of course we try to keep it loose and 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 safe. Of course, please. Uh, at home and everything else, but we like to enjoy weed and uh, uh, you know microbrews and conversations. We can let it loose. And Tuesday's the more serious night. I sometimes have a guest. Oftentimes I'll have a guest, and we don't get quite as uh, quite as loosey goosey. And then uh, we have some secret shows on Wednesdays, and also every once in a while, just the other day, we had Weed and Whiskey Wednesday. Like actually, it's it's still so hazy that it was yesterday. We had Weed and Whiskey Wednesday, where we get like pretty well sloshed. I have to be honest with you. So it's that, that's the show where we really kind of let loose. But uh, that's only a couple times a month. But uh, the the serious show, if you'd like to join us for the serious show, where you know, if we had one, we'd have a bow tie. That'd be Tuesdays. So, join us, my friends. Oh no, no, it's just uh, it's just fun. It's kind of a uh, this show is we try to, especially in the beginning, we, it was a lot more of a open panel show, and then now we think we found a. I think a lot of people would agree. Um, we kind of found our stride with the more 
one-on-one uh, -on -one type interviews, maybe not necessarily one uh, panelist, but you know, fewer panelists and better, uh, more, better focus on topics. And then, um, uh, but it doesn't say, it mean that like the other type of thing is different. Like your show is uh, um, a lot of fun because it's the opposite of that, right? And, but it's a whole different vibe. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of how the show was when we started. So that's why I, I like having fun and coming on your show. It kind of reminds me of, uh, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, I don't know, in a positive way. Right. No, I get it. Yeah, we like to have fun, man. I, I like to say that we, uh, or I tried to remember to always say, and then of course, sometimes I forget because we're not actually taking ourselves that seriously. We try to take the cannabis seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. So I think that actually plays off of a good vibe because we do take cannabis very, very seriously. We're not just kind of bullshit. And I specifically do not allow bullshit on my show. But if you don't bullshit, you're welcome to, you know, goof off as much as you want, you know? Absolutely. And uh, I will, uh, I wanted a quick, share this real quick um but uh, we did a whole uh oh, let me just get to the intro so if you guys haven't checked it out already uh, i think a couple of you guys have but if you haven't um, i actually put a super cut together i edited together all the conversations that we had ever on the show with frenchie from start to finish. Uh, it was three episodes that he was on with us. I edited all of the content where he was talking uh, basically at all uh, into uh, one kind of supercut uh, as a kind of a final thank you to Frenchie and all the knowledge he put out because it's good. You know, he shared a lot with us and I think it's the best way we can honor him is help make sure that the stuff, you know, his teachings can be, you know, put out there as much as possible. So um, definitely check that out if you're looking for, um, uh, you know, kind of, uh, all of the stuff he ever did, at least with us. And for those of you that don't know, Frenchie passed away on Sunday. Uh, if, if you're just learning that now, uh, unfortunately. Who's that last? Way, way too soon. And uh, truly, in my opinion, the hash god. Uh, there's a, nobody else knew as much about traditional hash making as that man. No, no one knew. No one forgot as much about traditional hash making as that man knows or, or knew, you know, so um, and I'm truly blessed to have presented with him at the same conferences uh, multiple times, but also smoked with him, hung out with him and, uh, you know, been in his presence and learned from him in his class as well. So I'm super thankful for all he did. If you guys are, are not familiar with his work, please go check out FrenchyCanoli.com. He has a wonderful free library of extraction methods that you can learn from uh, and, and, and utilize for yourself. Uh, and they're, they're all free of charge. Uh, so definitely go check that out uh, over on Frenchy Cannoli. Uh, his YouTube or his website both have a, a ton of information on hash making and you know, check out all the different stuff and the different talks he did because he, you know, his understanding of the history of it as well and, and, and how they did the traditional methods and how that kind of factored in. To what we observe and we pick on that particular topic of, of aged hash. No, who else knew more than him on aged hash on the chemistry? Nobody. Nobody knew half of as much. You know, so it's truly going to be a, a devastating loss to the, the cannabis community, especially the organic hash community. And um, you know, something somebody that you just can't replace what that man saw. You know, he had a chance to go to Afghanistan before the Taliban. 
he had a chance to spend, you know, years and years in Nepal and Morocco and every all these traditional hash making regions and, and learn from them firsthand by living there. That's a different experience. Having lived in Africa and Jamaica, it's a different experience than going and learning real quick and leaving. You know, it's a whole different way of learning it, you know, so. And he well, I was watching your show earlier today and he was talking about the uh, oh fuck, uh, Parvati uh, in uh, Nepal. And I always forget that valley, the Hanana Valley. I always forget the name, literally. Uh, the place where they think that they're the last descendants of, uh, of Alexander the Great, basically. So famously, actually, Alexander the Great did go to Nepal. That was the thing that really happened. And they left soldiers basically everywhere they went. And so it's actually theoretically possible those people literally are dead ass. Uh, descendants of, of Alexander and of his troops and everything else. And they have like the world's oldest democracy. And anyway, he was talking about that. And after he was talking about, oh, fuck, that's so interesting. I, I forgot about that. Like now I'm forgetting the name again. And so I looked it up on Wikipedia, basically, that I was kind of reading about it a little bit. Uh, what a cool guy. And he was there. He was there making hash. And, and he was talking about how he was going through places where I mean, you guys can literally, I'm just repeating the stuff that he was talking about better because he was doing it, but I'm just repeating how fascinated I was that he was talking about like, he was going places where you had to bring everything that you wanted to survive with. So there was nothing available. Like we're not used to that in any way. Like you, if you have to go to the bathroom, you have to create a bathroom. You don't just basically go to the bathroom. If you want food, you have to bring your food with you. There's no place to buy it. There's no place to get water. There's no place to shelter yourself. And he was talking about like, going to grow and make hash in those kinds of places. What an interesting dude, you know? Putin has yeah. talked about stuff like that and, and how different it is going to Nepal and seeing the plants there and how it grows and everything else and having a different understanding of plants as a result. The, uh, it's the Parvati Valley, Parvati, P-A-R-V-A-T-I. That's where he was. Took me a second to find it. Malana, Malana Valley in here. I'll show it. It's part of uh, Malana is an ancient Indian village. So it's one little village basically. And he was talking about how you're not allowed to touch the people because they are of the highest caste in the world. Remember, a lot of those places in that uh, South Asia, Southeast Asia, they, they still have uh, active caste systems. Well, these people consider themselves to be the highest possible caste because, of course, they were uh, descendants of Alexander, King of Kings, blah, 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 right? Anyway, so they're saying Malana, you, so you literally couldn't touch the people. What a trip is that? Malana is an ancient Indian village in the state of Himachal Pradesh. I've just fucked that up. Uh, da, 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 in Kulu Valley, it's isolated from the rest of the world. There used to be about 500 people there with their own language. Uh, let's see here, uh, there's more than that now, but anyway, I guess I'll, I'll give it back to you. It's not my show, but it was just so interesting to hear it. He was there. There's the Hellenic connection. Anyway, dude, he was there, what a trip, right? It's nice having a, uh, a co-host that knows how to work buttons too. I'm used to that, <laughs> I mean that negatively towards my other previous co-hosts, but uh, I haven't had ones that uh, participated as much in this place. So again, nothing, no, no slight to anybody else in any way, because uh, they've been with us for fuck 249 episodes. So crazy. Can't be happier. And then not only that too, like, uh, and we all know this, having gone through losing a couple of different people, the community really is awesome to be there when people have shit go down, like when Stony Scholar passed or she passed or you know any of these other people that we talk to on a regular basis um it's kind of nice to have the community there to kind of pay homage to i mean i was just in shock when i found out about french straight up just didn't even know what to say it was like this can't be true 
like and not only that but a lot of people posted that like fake or like you know some of their shit and it was like dude i so much wish it was like not only that but like i would never joke about anybody being dead like that's just too fucked up to ever joke about you know yeah even an enemy you don't come back from the dead yeah so but uh I did find it really funny that uh, in the super cut we did for him when we did it this morning that uh, it was four hours and 20 minutes. And I think that that was most definitely a sign from Frenchie. He planned that shit. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, it's been a, did you have anything else you wanted to mention about your uh, upcoming episodes? <laughs> Cough as soon as you ask me. Um, I don't know. Come see us on the. Uh, Saturday, we'll be doing uh, Brews and Buds again. Uh, we usually start a little bit later on Saturdays than we do on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And uh, we'll be having fun. Check out my seed company, if you would, uh, Fumadoro, uh, fumadoroseedco.com, fumadoro.com, fumadoro.net. Go check it out. All, all goes the same place. And you uh, you recently started up the in-person stuff again. How often right. are you going to be doing the, the meetups? Hopefully quite regularly. Um, Honestly, I've just been so busy the last couple of weeks that I can't promise to do another one in the next couple of weeks. But, dude, the place that we had it, uh, it was at the, uh, by the way, I can't speak highly enough of it, uh, Khalifa Social Club in Oregon City. Uh, it's been a while, honestly, since I had such a chill, easy, streamlined experience at a club or place that I wanted my group to meet at. No disrespect necessarily to several other places that are still in business in town, but they have their own kind of reasons, either the space is small or this or that. So this place was, it was it was great. So really enjoyed it. They were super, super attentive. It was only one dude working there, but he was like five employees. He was that attentive. Uh, so we're going to be meeting there again, I'm sure. Uh, Khalifa Social Club over in Oregon City. Uh, I would recommend, I bought a membership. I would recommend you buy a membership. How many places are there, at least in Oregon and Portland area, that you can go and you can chief one down, bring your friends, chief one down. Uh, they do have a dispensary out front, but it's kind of weird with the rules. I'm not going to get into it. They'll probably tell you when you accidentally walk into the dispensary first, Google Maps will even tell you to walk into the dispensary. And then, oh yeah, it's right around the other way, whatever. But uh, uh, you might as well hit the dispensary first because they won't let you come in after because of the cameras and whatever. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I was going to say it was a cool place. We're going to meet there again, hopefully maybe even a couple times a, a month, you know, so because it was just it was so fun, so chill. People online really enjoyed it. They enjoyed seeing us just kind of hang out and smoke weed. So I, I'm, we're going to try to make it a, a regular thing. So, appreciate you asking. Again, uh, like I said, uh, uh, I always have fun hanging out on Fumi's show. It's kind of like yeah. the more relaxed version of this one. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, definitely go check that out. Um, if you guys uh, need anything, um, you guys can check us out over at apmjclass.com and apmjnudes.com. I can pull them both up here. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, aside from all the wonderful free education that we put out weekly on here, uh, Marty do and I do have a start to finish class. It also has a lot of more, um, you know, uh, high level uh, and more specific information on, on things. So. Uh, if you're looking for exact dosing on nutrients uh, for your system, uh, if you're looking for pest control um, dosing, uh, uh, you know, per gallon for your sprayers, uh, if you're looking for a lot of that more technical stuff, this is really what the class is for. It's also more of a start to finish if you want to try and learn how to set up your farm from beginning to end and all the different things that are involved. And then we also have uh, apmjnudes.com. If you guys are looking for kind of a easy um, uh, aquaponic nutrients, uh, you can check that out over here. You can buy them either in the kits that I've formulated 
uh, or you can buy the minerals individually yourself. You know, if you already know what you're doing or you feel confident or you just want to supplement your compost teas, um, we do offer everything in one and four pound amounts or, you know, in some cases less. <clears throat> you know, some of your micronutrients, you don't need a one pound. You know, a pound of sodium molybdenate will last most people a lifetime. So, you know, <laughs> so uh, you can get some of the stuff in four ounces as well. So um, yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, again, we have dosing instructions. Um, we, uh, we have dosing instructions for aquaponic systems and all that, that account for fish safety and fish toxicity. So, um, uh, kind of help simplify that for aquarium people as, uh, as well. If you're doing uh, planted aquariums, you can also utilize all of those. We have, uh, heavy metal tested all of those to ensure that you will not run into issues as long as you use them as directed. I can't, you know, some of these, if you went completely crazy, uh, in theory, I guess you could get yourself into trouble, but we haven't had any customers, uh, do that so thankfully uh not an issue but we do uh heavy metal test all of our products all right well thanks a lot for watching um thanks a lot again to michael weinstein and uh, rebel dreads and uh, the dredge dreaded chef uh for coming on and um i look forward to seeing him here in oklahoma city uh thanks a lot fumador for coming on the show and telling us about your website uh, and uh, and showing off all the hard work that you've been putting into that because I know you've been talking about that for a long time. So happy to finally see that uh, go public. So that's super cool. And then um, uh, thanks everybody for watching. Again, uh, if you are uh, interested in checking out the stuff we put together for Frenchie, you can check that out. Uh, I uploaded that earlier today. We'll have that out in video format tonight. It's just it chokes up my internet connection. So I'm going to do that when I go to bed. So uh, we'll see you guys again uh, next week. Um, next week we'll be doing some stuff from Georgia. Uh, from the facility out there. And then the week after that, we have, um, I believe it's um, Land Race Strain uh, Preservation Society. We'll be talking about Mexico and Guatemala and other Central American and South American um, breeding programs that they've been working on. And they have some really cool, fun announcements that you're definitely gonna wanna be on the episode live for. That's all I'm gonna say. So um, uh, definitely uh, looking forward to that one as well. They got some super cool stuff they're looking to share with everybody. So um, uh, definitely check that out. And then we have, uh, after that, we have Luna Whitecomb who's gonna be joining us. Uh, anyone that knows uh, or has seen anything from either Skunk Magazine or um, uh, lately or from uh, the uh, online organic scene knows she puts a ton of work into uh, uh, supporting the community and putting a ton of, of well thought posts together and everything else. So uh, it'd be really fun to, to interview her on the show. So uh, thanks a lot, everybody. And, and we'll see you guys again. Uh, you can find us on uh, YouTube.